Hi guys, the final score is back. This is this is I'm recording this tonight, but this is my second night in a row. You know, guys know how diehard a Steeler fan is. This is 40 years of pulling for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Second night in a row, I've got to interview a legendary Pittsburgh Steeler. And when I say legendary on this guy, this guy's without this guy on the field, Pittsburgh does not go to Super Bowl 30. And we're going to talk about it. There was people always remember one play, but there were two plays in that game that without this guy on the field, Pittsburgh would be sitting at home and Indianapolis would have been playing Dallas. I'm talking about former Steelers wide receiver Ernie Mills. Welcome to the show, Mr. Mills. Oh, thanks, David. Thanks for having me. Appreciate yeah, it. And yeah, I appreciate you being on the show, taking time out of your schedule to to talk to us tonight. Uh, we'll get right into it. Back in school, you're from Denellen, Florida. Back in school, now, were you a, a, was football your only sport, or, or were there other sports you played, basketball, baseball? I, uh, I played um, basketball was my first love, and then I played uh, uh, football and also ran track. Okay. I did that. Um, I did basketball and track for four years of high school and, and, um, and three years of football. Okay. And then I also played little league uh, football, and that's when I youth football. And I think that's when I realized I I had a lot of talent, scored a lot of touchdowns in youth okay. football. All right, so you you knew pretty much knew then that football was going was probably what was going to take you to the next level. Yeah, very in the state of Florida, and I knew if I didn't get tall enough that that uh, <laughs> uh, I wasn't going be able to go that basketball route or it's going to be a tougher route my, my number one objective was to get my degree and and i wanted to go to a major college coming from a small town right right so who were the teams you pulled for uh growing up what what pro football teams you pulled for when you were growing up well when i was a kid um i'm talking like you know seven eight nine years right. old i was cowboy fan. Um, <laughs> i was a cowboy fan i uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know how I became a Cowboy fan. Right. Yeah, in the state of Florida, most most of the guys at that time, the only football team in the state of Florida was Miami. Right. Uh, Miami Dolphins. So most of my friends were Dolphins, and I think I didn't want to be in, in that route. And I think I remember Dallas beating the Dolphins for a Super Bowl, and maybe that's yeah. how I ended up there. Yeah. Well, look, <laughs> I'm in I'm I'm in a red Redskin bias family right here. I mean, everybody in the family, but me and one of my cousins that lived next door to me, we were the, we were like, I guess what you call the black sheep of the family. We were the Steeler fans. Everybody else had Redskin stuff. We we had the black and yellow. We had the, the little helmet. And as a matter of fact, I'm sitting here staring at my helmet that uh, I got when I was like seven or eight years old right now. But yeah, we were we were different. But, uh, you know, I'm glad I yeah, yeah. I, I I just was drawn to the Steelers back when Bradshaw, Harris, Swan, and Stallworth. Jack Ham was my favorite Steeler of all time, and I that's that's the helmet I have was number fifty nine. But yeah, but we came from a Redskin family, and I don't mind the Redskins at all. But you know, I whew, I couldn't pull for the Cowboys, but couldn't pull for the Cowboys back then. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. Every time I say it, I know I, I know the Steelers fans turn. <laughs> but my brother was a, a huge Steelers fan, and we're a year apart, so okay. everybody knows about the brothers' uh, sibling rivalry and things. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. we can pull root for the same team. 
So <laughs> yeah, he was terrible. The Steelers was winning the Super Bowl, so it, and he's a year younger than me, so he definitely rubbed it in every time. <laughs> but when I got, but once I got to high school, um, and I just started looking at players specific and and tried to improve my game watching uh, players because I was a corner in high school. I was a DB in high school and got my scholarship as a DB. Okay, and and registered as a corner at the University of Florida. So I I, I would watch more. I'll tell you, one of my favorite players okay. uh, of all time was Mike Haynes from the Raiders. Mike Haynes, that, that's a legendary player there. I remember what Mike Haynes started yeah, off with the Patriots and went to the Raiders. Went to the Raiders, yeah. He he was one of the guys that whenever the Raiders was watching, I know everybody was looking at Lester Hayes, but I was always watching Mike Haynes. Yeah, that was... I thought he was smooth. He built more like myself, and uh, I tried to pattern my, my corner game after him. Right. Uh they end up having to play free safety as a junior at high school, and uh, I was just telling a friend of mine the story that was people didn't know I was playing free safety. I started free safety as a junior, and going into my senior year, I'm being recruited, but I'm too small. I'm only like 150 pounds right. as a free safety. So I'm too small to play yeah. free safety. Yeah. <laughs> and mostly all of them are telling me I need to play corner, where my DB coach was like, well, you're going to have to play safety unless you find us a corner. <laughs> I mean, unless you find us a safety, then you can go to corner. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, and you talk about, you know, some of the things you talk about leadership skills. I looked, I looked everywhere on that team to try to find me a safety so I can get this scholarship. Right. So what what other schools besides Florida were, were looking at you? Uh, Florida State and, and uh, Mickey Andrews. Came to the practice and recruited me, and and um, uh, had an offer from Rice at that time. Right. Uh, this was back in you know, eighty five and eighty six. I, I came out in eighty six. Right. So, so those would be. Uh, I I didn't have a. I had a lot of um, uh, what's what uh, inquiries back then, uh, but not many offers. Right. Uh, so, but I I. Um, the Gators uh, staff, uh, Mike Hammerdinger and Xavier Aurelian, was in the uh, in the stadium when I was playing bump and run uh, against a six four wide receiver out of uh, uh, Newberry, who they also was recruiting. And I had two, two interceptions, caused a fumble, recovery fumble, and uh, uh, caused some disruption right. to him. That, that that got me over at that point. So was that what was the key factor in you deciding to go to Florida? I mean, what what made you say? Yes? Oh no, oh no, that 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 was a no brainer for me. My my cousin uh, signed uh, with Florida in '81, and one of the good friends, uh, and he's like a, he's like a cousin to me. He's like a family to me. Uh, his name is Vio McKeever, and my cousin's name is Ricky Eastman, and both of them played in the NFL, but they. They had won two straight state championships in high school, and so that, this was a football town. And when uh, the two of them, along with the quarterback, Roger Silver, went to the University of Florida, I was a Gator fan. So okay. it, all it took for them was the offer. Right, right, okay. So you, you... Once they offered, I grew up watching them, and I, I, I was a Gator. Um, you know, I can remember watching Wilbur Marshall and, 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 that, and the Gators turning the corner and beating uh, Southern Cal. Right, right, yeah. And to me, that changed the Gator program to know that they can play on the national level. And with national level, and that's when I want to be a Gator. 
Right. So you you end up going to Florida. First impressions. I'm sure where you're a diehard Gator fan. I'm sure you loved you loved the campus. You loved that atmosphere. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and playing in front of seventy plus thousand. Oh yeah, playing uh, in SEC. Playing in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and playing in you know eighty eight thousand and uh, ninety plus thousand with Tennessee. Uh, and lit and really going into the NFL was smaller, uh, was smaller stadium. So, oh yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. Some of them. Are. It, it was. I never thought the NFL was too big. I just, I just knew that the competition was great. Right. So you you've had some some pretty good teammates at, at the University of Florida. One of them in particular was, was Emmett Smith. What was it like playing with Emmett? Oh, it was great. I mean, it was great. Emmett is a competitor like you know, most of most of my teammates were at Florida. He's a great teammate, good friend, uh, loving loving guy. I, I was telling someone this the other day is that when I tore my ACL in the Super Bowl against Dallas, right. <laughs> But he was the first one on the field to be down. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the type of guy he is and has been. And um, so I have nothing nothing but great things to, to say about him. And then, yeah, I finished my career playing with Dallas and playing alongside him again. Right, right. <laughs> so uh, he's an incredible running back. I, I, I can remember the first, his first scrimmage and seeing him make a, make a cut and, a, and get two yards on a play he should have lost six in the first scrimmage that he ever had in Florida. I'm like, uh, he never sees so amazing. Like, how did you see that? His vision was unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. That's it. And also, you, your coaches there, of course, you had uh, Galen Hall the first first few years there, but your senior year, you get a new coach there that kind of turned Florida around for, I mean, he, he really set the standard at the University of Florida. Steve Spurrier, he brought the fun and gun in, which I know you loved because your numbers before that were kind of low, but when he gets there, you get you, you kind of like triple your receiving numbers that year with, uh, you know, you, you had Shane Matthews, at quarterback, and you guys just you go 9-2. Unfortunately, due to probation, you can't go to win the SEC or you can't win a bowl game, but what, what was your guys' goal that year just to, you know, you couldn't get to a bowl game or win the SEC, but just to you say, look, this these games are going to be our bowl games, these these big rivalry games like a Tennessee or a Alabama. I mean, you guys, you had to look at well, it. We, we didn't know uh, going into the season. Oh, okay, you didn't know, okay. Going into Going into spring and, and going into uh, summer workouts and and uh, then uh, training camp. I mean, we just like every other team, and, and we we come out like gangbusters against Oklahoma State and and, and blow those guys out. And then we went a close uh, nail biter against uh, Alabama. Come from behind, yeah. Beat. You come from behind to beat Alabama. Yeah, we come behind, yes, and at Alabama, and that's. Now we starting off two and zero with a great win, and literally less than twenty four hours, we find out that we're on probation. So it, it, it wasn't; it didn't happen before the season. It right happened. after we beat, had the biggest one of the biggest wins of, of our career, uh, and, and starting off at two and zero, beating a team like Alabama, and uh, then then we're told that uh, we can't go to a bowl game. So therefore, there's no way we can win an SEC championship. Uh, right, so uh, seniors, we got together. I was co-captain, and uh, we got together and, and uh, decided to paint our shoes black and uh, 
uh, let's go win the rest of these games and uh, and and win it on the field. We the the violations and everything that, that transpired. We had we, the players, the current players, had nothing to do. Yeah, yeah that and that. that you know that's something, and I know the NCAA has a punch, but it's a shame when the players on that team that ha- had nothing to do with it are ones get punished for it. Um, yeah, exactly. You know exactly. That, that's uh, that's just not right. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, but that, you know, it's part of history, so we we just had to take you know take that back, and we we didn't play well offensively. We had two bad games that year. Yeah. Um, Tennessee, we didn't play well offensively against Tennessee, and we didn't play well defensively against uh, Florida State. But uh, other than that, I mean, we were a complete team all year long. Oh yeah. I mean, you look at looking at the schedule. You know, like you said, you blow out Oklahoma State fifty to seven. Then the close game with mm-hmm. Alabama. Furman was a blowout. Mississippi State with thirteen. You blew out LSU, and then. To, yeah. To blow out Auburn, number four Auburn, yeah. you guys beat them yeah. forty-eight to seven. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah our, that, last, that was, our, our last home game, that was a huge game, last home game. Yeah, that's game. exactly right. And then you know Georgia gets beat thirty-eight to seven, Kentucky, yeah. and then the Florida State game, which you mentioned. But uh, so you finish up your 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 college career, NFL draft coming up. Now, who who are you looking at? That, that you thought Mike would be the best fit for you? Uh, at that at that moment, uh, probably, I'm probably speaking for everyone coming out of college at the time, you, um, when you're not going to be a top 10 pick, a top right. 5 pick, you're not really thinking about the team and where you're going. You, you just you want just, a chance. Uh, you want the opportunity, you want a chance. And that was myself. I, uh, I knew I had a really good senior year. Uh, I knew I had some good Forty times, and knew I was a, a you know a, a good athlete. I can jump, run, and uh, I was constantly each year improving at catching the football. So I know that I had a chance. I just didn't know where it was going to be or what round it was going to be. Right. So uh, I, honestly, I, I, I've told this story to different people. Uh, Dick Haley uh, mm-hmm. had come from. I think he came from another school or work, you know, working out of another place. So he was. He was late getting there, and um, we were actually leaving the field, and he was walking up, and he asked me, can I come back and run a couple of routes? And, uh, and and then I had a quarterback that I could throw it to. I don't remember who the quarterback was, but I grabbed the quarterback, went back out there on the field after we had worked out for several teams. And uh, this was before you have the team pro day. Right, now they have right. the team pro day. So this was after the combine and before, and and we think uh, teams would just come periodically after the combine and work us out. So it wasn't like a one day uh, you know, team pro day, right? Uh, so they came, they came and worked me. Uh, and Dick, Dick Haley came and and uh, I ran those two routes, and he talked to me from the um, from the field all the way back to. Uh, to our locker room, and you know, different different questions, personal questions, good thing, you know, yeah, I didn't think much of it. You know, you you're seeing, you just answering the questions of that, and um, and at that time, actually, I had already I graduated in December, so I'm just looking forward to the next opportunity, right? And, and I and I never heard anything back. All I remember is John Reeves. I don't know if you remember John Reeves used to be 
Uh, he was an All-American quarterback and quarterback for the Bandits when Spurrier was the head coach for the Tampa Bay Bandits. Uh, he was our tight end coach at the time. And uh, and the only thing I heard from Pittsburgh was was uh, a couple times uh, during our process, he would, he would say, you know, Pittsburgh is interested in you. And I, you know, I, you know, I hadn't heard anything, so I wasn't sure. Right. And so, uh, uh, and then that's when uh, then we come up to the draft and, and I get drafted by Pittsburgh. So I, I wasn't sure. I knew I did, had a good workout for the Redskins. I had a good workout for Seattle. Um, there were some other teams, Cleveland. There were some other teams like that I had some good workouts for. Uh, but I I wasn't sure. Right. Uh, I mean, when the Redskins was there, I ran 4-3-8 on grass against the wind. Wow! So, wow! God, that's yeah, pretty good. But, yeah, so I, yeah, that was really good. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure if you know what. Yeah, and, and the receiver coach uh, was the Gators, Zach Burns, so he okay. was on the Gators. And still, I you, know, you never know what's going to happen when it comes to draft time and who is what we used to say. Who's standing on the table for you? Yes, just, just never know. <laughs> so. Um, so, and that's what ended up happening. I ended up getting drafted by Pittsburgh, and and there was a third round, and uh, uh, then it's just it, the opportunity is here. Yeah, and I yeah. was excited. And I, uh, first person I called uh, was my brother. He was out in uh, Southeast Oklahoma <laughs> State, so I called him and said, "You never guess who I got drafted by." He said, "Don't tell me my skills." <laughs> 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 Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so you He's rooting for me. <laughs> you end up at you end up at Pittsburgh. What's your first impressions when you got to Pittsburgh? Uh, I, it, it was new. Everything was new. You know, just I got to Pittsburgh. It was the um, uh, it was right after the draft, and um, uh, I, I you know the thing I remember the most is that you know. Bubby threw the ball a lot harder than Shane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bubby had a Bubby had a rocket arm. <laughs> yeah, Bubby had a rocket arm, so uh, he threw it harder, and you know, and, and Neil had a, a strong arm yeah. as well. So it was just adjusting to the different quarterback, and 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 I remember having Joe Walton as a OC. Right, and remember it being a very uh, I call it complicated offense. You know, now, it's, now I would say it would be simple. You know, after going through it, but at the time it was something new. Yeah. What about Chuck Noll? What was it, what was Coach Noll like? I, you know, I really just considered Chuck uh, is quiet and, and just just about business. And, and I, I, what I learned about during the season and playing there is that uh, more than any other coach that that I played for. Chuck treated you like a man, right? And you, he he expected you to handle your business as, as a man, and not uh, he didn't have a bunch of rules. He didn't have a bunch of things where uh, you know how some yeah yeah some of the coaches and I understand it. So you have meetings just so you make sure the guys are in place. <laughs> so Chuck didn't do that. Um, and it was like you got a meeting at this time. And it's not just to make sure you're in place. It's, right. It's, it's for a reason. And um, so he was all like like men. 
If you got in trouble, you got in trouble like a man. Yeah. <laughs> it's because of the decisions that you made. Yeah, that- so I, I appreciate that more than anything. Because uh, what, uh, one thing I've, I've learned and I've known over my years that uh, when you're young, when you're, when you're 20, 21, 22, 23, uh, you don't want anyone calling you your kid. You want to be grown. Right. <laughs> so, and most adults don't treat you like that. And it's it's uh, it's always like an uphill battle trying to prove yourself as being a grown man. And uh, and, and Chuck treats you like that. And he expected you to, to act like a grown man, to be a grown man. And I, I appreciate that. Yeah, that was your rookie year was his last year. Uh, then you get a, you get a guy. You, you, he leaves. He 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 retires, and then you get this guy who comes in named Bill Cower. Who, when I I can remember when they made the announcement, you know, because this was big. I mean, Chuck Noll yeah. had been the coach for you know since '69, and this was '92. So we're, we're yeah. you know I'm sitting there like when I hear I'm expecting a big name to come out of it, but all of a sudden I hear the name Bill Cower, and I look at this young guy there, and I'm like. Who is Bill Cower? But what was your what were your first impressions of Coach Cower? Uh, you you have to like for for me. I look at it like uh, uh, I I didn't have an impression of it. I mean, I, I just knew that Chuck retired and we was going to have a new coach. So I was more concerned about. What I had to do as a as a player to continue to get better and uh, first make this team and then second try to get myself in a position to get playing time and and help be a part of our win. Right. And I, that's how I was approached every year. Um, I don't. I I haven't. I don't get caught up in trying to say whether I like the coach or not and right. what what did he do, what he didn't do. That that wasn't big for me. What I. What I do know is that he had, he had a lot of energy, was a lot more vocal than than Chuck, um, but uh, a, a lot of things and attention to detail and things like that, he was very similar to Chuck. So uh, those things um, and the things that he and the time and how hard he worked and the time he put in, but there's some of the things that he would say to me, like uh, uh, what what did I do during during the week of practice? It's like how did you see all this? You know, so. I was impressed by a lot of things and details and the time that he put in uh, to coaching and to be successful and and to give us a chance to win. So uh, I've always uh, loved playing for, uh, for for I love playing for Chuck, but I love playing for Bill, and I spent you know, five years playing for. Right, you were that. Uh, so and you guys, and I I respect him as a man. I I I, I just respect. I respect a man that can that can say things uh, that he, he at different times that he uh, probably when you say it in the heat of the battle probably don't mean to say things like that. Right. Uh, I, I've been around coaches that would say things in the heat of the battle would never apologize for, and he was a man that would do that. And that I mean, gave that gave me a whole lot of respect for him from the first time we ever had that type of situation. So. You guys get to the playoffs that first year there, because I mean I'm like just in shock because you guys go 11 and five, win the AFC Central, losing in the playoffs to the Bills. But 
playing a playoff game at Three River Stadium. What I mean, of course, playing at Three River Stadium for me. I know for me, if I ever get, had a chance to do that back then, it would be just like so awesome. But playing a playoff game in Three River Stadium, what that that had to be incredible. Oh, it was incredible for me. I, you know, when I look at what we did as my rookie year and and Chuck last year. We had, where I look at that team, we had so much talent on that team. We yeah. just lost some close games. You did. I've looked at the schedule. You, you're exactly right. Yeah. We lost a lot of close games. I thought we had a chance to, to make the playoff. We just lost some, lost some close games during the middle of the season. Um, so the nucleus was there. And, and, and then uh, we just put it all together. Uh, you know, we just put it all together during that, that season. So once we get to the playoffs, that's what I've always felt like I'm built for. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm from a small town, and, and uh, you know, you gonna when you come from a small town, you're gonna you're gonna face uh, what they call Goliath at different times <laughs> of your competition career, and you can either step it up or not. And and being from a small town, and my friends and family, nobody's feeling sorry for you if you don't <laughs> if you don't play well. So, I, I realize when it's playoff time, everybody's watching. I'm, I'm at my ultimate focus when everybody's watching. Yeah. And um, and I've and uh, I was speaking with Randy Fuller earlier today. And um, and Randy Fuller, that, that's that, a name from the past. Randy Fuller, big play man, big play. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. That that was just I just watched that a few minutes ago too. Mm-hmm. Big big play right there. Yeah. And where he came from, and coming coming from the the uh, uh, other side of the field, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on the hell man to make that play. So it, it's you know those those are games that uh, I, I live for. My my career stat uh, average wise doesn't compare to what the what I what I average in in the playoffs. Well, and and, so, and if you really look at it, you know somebody like a Terry Bradshaw who didn't have the best. Stats like interception to touchdown ratio in the regular season, but when it came time for the big game, that was the man. Oh, yeah. Bradshaw was the man, and I mean, just Bradshaw. like you, you one, stepped it up in the postseason. This one stats on the same way. The playoffs were a huge for this guy. Yeah. But you know, you guys didn't have much success in the playoffs the first couple of years. You know, you lose to in, in the uh, wild card round the next year. To a Chiefs team uh, yeah, with Joe Montana, yes, you should have won that game. You were up, you were up seventeen to seven at the half, and I know it was Joe Montana at quarterback, but still, you you guys should have won that game. Uh, game, I scored a touchdown in that game. Yeah, twenty six yard touchdown reception in that game. But ninety four season, you know, expectations had to be high for you guys. I mean, should have won that game. Twelve, twelve and four. And you guys hit a seven-game win streak, uh, and and then get to the AFC Championship game. And I can just remember, you know, watching that game and and seeing it, seeing it slip away. And I'm like, how are we losing to these guys? Did you guys kind of kind of overlook the Chargers, or was it just one of those flat days, or or, or what? No, I mean, I, I always say it's the playoff. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Always. You don't get to the AFC Championship game and overlook a team, so we definitely didn't do that. I remember people made a big deal about the about the uh, 
uh, about the video. And, and, uh, oh yeah, well I never looked too much into that. That, that, that was you. You don't play as many years as we played, and and, um, and I play as much football as we play, and know that this is the AFC Championship. Don't think that those teams are thinking everything they got. You just don't. Well, one if if you go back and look, I look at the Bears, the '86 Bears or the '85 Bears. They did the whole Super Bowl mm-hmm. shuffle, and they ended up. Uh, blowing out everybody in the playoffs, including the Super Bowl. One of the, one of the most boring Super Bowls I've ever had to sit through, and I, and I was not. And but I wasn't not going to watch it. But it was it was so boring. But those guys, you know, that didn't distract them from so what good. they did. They were so good. Yeah, yeah, they were so good. Yeah. yeah, we just. I mean, when you look at that game, if you look at it, uh, um, we played a stellar football game. Uh, yeah. We just gave up two big plays. Two big plays. I was going to say two big plays. Uh, but that's the way we played. That's what we played all year in '94, and, and uh, uh, that's uh, that's the style of play that we had. We played a physical football game. That defense was very good, and uh, and we ran the ball pretty well. Yeah, and that's that's the type we had. We had, we had a great tight end, Eric Green. Eric Green, he, yeah. He Cut most of our passes, and so that's the type of team that we had. Um, you, you spell forward the next year, we're a different type of team. Yeah, you you, you be, changed be dramatically. Yeah, yeah. But then yeah. I did. They, did that AFC Championship game loss make y'all more determined to get back the next season? Oh, I think it gave us the confidence to believe that we can. Uh, we didn't, it didn't seem like we started off the tournament. No, it didn't. Off. It didn't. <laughs> Starting off three and four, but you know, you you guys went through through a lot that first half. You know, you lose probably your best, if yeah, if yeah. not the best, one of your best defensive players, Rod Woodson. You lose yeah, him yeah, in the first yeah, game, yeah. and and yeah. you start off three and four. You got, I mean, and the defense had to had to adjust. You know, you move Cornell Lake to a corner. Uh, and you got some guys going in different places that and they're trying to mess with, but you guys get on a hot streak. You know, you got an eight-game win streak, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about one game in particular that I've watched over and over again. One of my favorite Steeler games when you guys went to Soldier Field that that battle yeah. with the Bears. I mean, good lord! I, I, I would tell you that was probably one of the best games of my career. Yes. I, yes. I, I, I don't, I don't remember every play, but I, re, I remember, oh, man, it was a game. <laughs> it, was, it was a game. I mean, a lot of and people was, don't I, realize how class of a game that is, and but I think NFL Network has finally figured it out because I've seen it on there a couple of times. Uh, but, you know, I, I will go back, and I have, still have like a VHS tape of that game that I recorded that day, and <laughs> I, I still go back and look at that, that game. Uh, it was just a back of what you guys come from behind, and and – uh, I believe you end up winning in overtime, 37-34, but just a classic game. And I think that, you know, you guys were getting getting yourself situated then, getting uh, on a hot streak then, but I think that really, really sets you guys in motion for the rest of the year. Oh, yeah, that was that was a, that was a key. That was a pivotal game for us. And um, uh, I, I, you know, you, you hope that it was a, when the circus in the tail stand, but that just thought our eight game winning streak. Yeah, uh, it was it was a definitely pivotal game. It was uh, uh, the Bears wasn't biting down. No, definitely not. Well, the reason I said it was one of my best games is because I felt like every time they scored, 
I was returning kickoff, and I felt like I was giving a good field position, and, uh, or the guys was blocking really well and uh, giving me a chance to make some good kickoff returns. Right. So it, it gave us a shorter field to go down. And, and well, you, need, you definitely uh, needed that shorter field because you guys, uh, you know, you come back in the end. I'm, I'm looking up my stats now. You guys scored fourteen in the fourth because and they scored ten. So you were down. You were down to them. You come from behind and you catch a touchdown. You you, you catch an eleven yard touchdown pass. One of the last scores. Yeah. Except you you were actually the tying score. So, yeah, on fourth down. Yeah, mm-hmm. on fourth down. So you you know. I mean, wow! You had a lot of big plays that year, though. So and we're getting <laughs> we're getting ready to get to two of the biggest in just a few minutes. Let's talk about your wide receivers coach who went on to be uh, a, a head coach. Talk about Chan Gailey. What was it like with, with Coach Gailey? Oh, I loved it. I loved every every minute of it. I, I, I can remember from when he first got there and he, he worked with, like it was, a, it was different when he was there. Right. He knew the game. He um, knew the game very, very well. Um, and he... Yeah, I, I can remember when they, uh, when they, they hired him because this was going to be my fourth year. And Ricky McTill played at the University of Florida and also played with the Broncos. And I remember asking Ricky about him. And um, and he said, oh, he's going to work it. <laughs> so I went in with the expectation of how hard he was going to work it. And, and uh, he didn't disappoint. I, I, I can remember a moment we were uh, a day before the preseason game uh, or maybe the day of the preseason game. Maybe it's the day before a preseason game. But most, you don't do much before the game. And Shane uh, had us out there stretched out. I mean, we run, <laughs> we run a nine routes and everything else. And he threw everything back then. So it was, it was, um, you know, but then it, it was a great stepping stone for us. It was a great moment. And uh, a and, uh, great guy. Another guy to the best. And been a major part of my uh, pro career and, yeah. and my pro success. Yeah, he ended up when you ended up at Dallas. That was where he was at, right? Yeah, that's where I went. That's where I went. Uh, I, I, I left Pittsburgh and went to Carolina for a year. Right. Uh, didn't work out well there, and uh, and and well, I was a free agent and and I uh, got released by them as so free agent. And I called him up, and uh, and he got signed out there, and it felt great. It felt like it was like like history, and the same offensive system. I felt very comfortable with what we were doing offensive-wise. Yeah, let's let's get back to this '95 season. Though. Uh, that's first of all, we talked before we went on the air about how how underrated. Your wide receiver core that was a year. I mean, you guys. Of course, Yancey Thigpen. He put up big numbers. But Ernie, you, Ernie Mills, Charles Johnson, Andre Hastings, who was very, very underrated in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yep. you, you had you had Corey Holiday, who was a rookie that year. Then you had you had Cordell Stewart playing wide receiver and quarterback sometimes. So I mean, you guys had. I mean, you and you did at times put put four or five wide receivers on the field at one time. And, and that was a totally different Pittsburgh Steelers offense than what we had, we had seen in the past. That, and, and that opened up a lot of things. 
Oh yes, yes. Um, well, a lot, of, a lot of our third down practices before uh, Eric Green, because we so was in on that. Right. We didn't do a lot of score wise at that time because Eric is a big part of your third down practice. Yeah, big yeah, target. big target. Yeah, that's that's like today taking out Travis Kelsey on third. On yeah, exactly, third. exactly. <laughs> not going to do that. So we didn't do that either in '94. So when when Eric left. Uh, that left more opportunity for us as wide receivers. Yeah. And, uh, so that that brought on the four wide receiver package in the beginning, and we taper. We used to taper with five wide receivers in in, in, um, uh, in the in camp and, and early in the season. And that fifth receiver was Johnny Barnes. Johnny Barnes is a good special team player for us. Right. So he was the fifth receiver in the beginning, and um, then. Uh, we wasn't getting much production done in the five wides, and Cordell wasn't getting a lot of action at quarterback. And that, I'm talking about even in practice, because you, you know, as, as you know, the backup quarterback at that time was Tom Zag, and right. he most down team reps. So Cordell's not getting any reps at all. And so uh, he goes, he wants to do something, just like all of us, we're all competitive, so he wants to do something, so he's on down team running for a while to do good. <laughs> and uh, and that's that's a lot of credit to Coach Cowher and our offensive staff and just being creative and, and incorporating him until now he's a high wide tight and uh, we're able to put him in the backfield. We're able to uh, move different guys in the backfield and receivers in the backfield. So we created some mismatch uh, problems for other defenses. Yeah, and definitely. I thought we had a really good year. We had a really good year that year just finding guys. I mean, when you got that many weapons, and we used to say one of us is going to be open, so we ended up you find it. <laughs> so, That's right. That's right. <laughs> it was, uh, I thought we had a, had a good, uh, especially second half of the year. And, mm. and we we just started clicking. Yeah, you uh, started. Group, we started a year ago. We started meeting on Thursday night. And um, all all receivers to get together on Thursday night, and we meet in different places, different each other house, different nights, watch movies, sometimes go bowling. We started that in '94, and I thought that was a good thing that we did, and it brought us closer together as a receiver. Definitely, definitely. So you guys get back to the playoffs. You do something that you know, and even even though they were having a, a rough year. I just had a bad feeling going into the the divisional round against Buffalo because we'd had so much trouble beating Buffalo in the big games in the playoffs. Uh, but you, we dominate Buffalo forty to twenty one, and now we're back in the AFC Championship game again against a upstart Indianapolis Colts team with Jim Harbaugh. They were calling him Captain Comeback, and this is a classic game. I talk about the Bears game as being one of my favorite games, but this right here. It's one of those games that you, I can go back now, especially the one that we won the game. And I'm saying we like I'm a Steeler, but we, that you guys won the game, I can go back and look at it. But, oh, my gosh, back and forth. You know, Cordell catches a touchdown, which, you know, of course, he was looking back at it. He was out of bounds. And he came back in. But then he, you know, he made a good point in the interview after it was over. You know, I guess that was kind of like karma because – he did get interfered with on a pass that he probably would have. He probably would have took in for a touchdown early in the game that wasn't called. Yeah. But yeah. 
it's back and forth, and you guys are down 16 to 13 in the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter, and you start to drive down the field. I remember on a third, key third down play, Andre Hastings catches catches a pass and gets just enough for a first down. So two-minute warning comes. You come out of the two-minute warning and uh, get a call in the huddle, for I guess, for a go route, and you get you just make – First of all, let's go back a little bit. I got to remember, this is the most important play. Even before that, there's a there's a end pattern that you run that Quentin Coriot jumps and has got a clear interception. If not for you sticking your hand out and knocking the ball out, game over. A lot of people don't talk about that play. A lot of people talk about the play we're going to talk about in just a minute. But that was the biggest play of the game right there, in my opinion. If you don't knock that ball loose, we're not going to Super Bowl. Indianapolis goes to play Dallas in the Super Bowl. That that was a big, huge play. Yeah, it, it was a big play. I mean, well, one of the things that the wide receivers is that we are we always incorporate from the time we we play it, uh, especially if you got decent coaches. So if if you can't catch the ball, they don't catch. So that's the something that's ingrained in your head. Uh, it's really talked about a lot about on the deep plays, but not as much on the on the flat route. So I'm running flat route, and I realize I'm coming in there quite a bit. So it's just you know, Mills just trying to find a window to get it to me. And um, as I'm coming in, I could see Quentin jumping, and I knew that he had it. And like I knew he he tortured me at the right angle. Uh, sometimes when you play a game and, and you're you're a player. The game slows down. Basically, it's like seems like it's slow motion. Right. And that was one of those things. It just seemed like it was slow motion. I knew you were going to intercept it. And all I wanted to do was get it out. And um, being a special team player, I just went to the defensive mode and, and um, tried to rake across his arms as hard as I could and hopefully they come out. But right. just, I'm running a lot, so it's really a, a tough thing. I can't just stop and tackle him. It's more like just stick your hand in. Get that arm and, and knock, you know, knock it out. Yeah. And again, at the end, and, and, you know, I'm sure you got a lot of sight going back and forth and drop. I was definitely, <laughs> I was definitely responsible for it. Yeah, definitely. And, definitely. Um, and then, and then the, the play that everybody and, remembers. Yeah, he's got just the fourth down. Play for a first down. That was a huge play. Oh gosh, like, yeah. And um, and and then I can remember when they came to the home and uh, we it's a blowout, but we we had we turned it moved up and that game was the option either a curl started going or an out and up. And uh, for me, it was I knew I was going to fight. I, I knew which option I was going to do because the last out and out I ran. Uh, as the ambulance jumped it, and it's really been so high and outside, and he just jumped it, he just, he just, he jumped it. And I said, okay, this is a perfect call. I said, you may care, you may care. And uh, one thing about those drops is the mirror, so you don't know if you're going to throw it to me, or you're going to throw it to Yancey on the other side. Right. So, uh, he chose me on that one, which, you know, thanks for it, and, uh, uh, I thought it was a touchdown with the home rules, but, but I took the catch. Yeah, yeah, which, you know, it looked like, just going back and looking at it, it looked like Neil was looking at you the whole time. 
It looked like he did, he didn't even look at the other side. But uh, you get down to the one yard line. Unfortunately, it wasn't a touchdown. But the, the drag in the foot. Oh my gosh! You, people talk about the toe tap and stuff. But going back and watching, see you drag the feet because that was one thing I was worried about when when I actually watched him play live that day. I was like, oh man, did he get his feet in? But when that, I saw that foot drag across, I said, yes, sir, he's in, he is in. And then a couple of plays later, Bam Morris takes it in for the go-ahead touchdown. But you know, you can't count the Colts out. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's why I thought it was a touchdown, especially when you look at the replay, and which we didn't have at that time. Right. When you look at the replay, I dragged my foot, and my foot hit the pile. Yeah, it sure did. You know, I hadn't thought about that, but you, you're right. It did hit the pylon, so that should have been a touchdown. Yeah, so, yeah, so you could hit the pylon to take that touchdown. So I, that's what I, you know, thought it, thought it was. Uh, that's why when I got up, I was thinking touchdown. That's what I was thinking. Uh, it was the one, so, you know, no problem, bam, 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 it in. So, yeah. Uh, but then. I, I was just all I wanted was the W. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Exactly right. Then, but Harbaugh gets the ball back, leads down the field, and then we got a Hail Mary at the end. Did you watch – were you able to see that last play? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 I hope you uh, remember to get it. Um, it was uh, – Nancy uh, and I were standing on the bench. Uh, that's why I think that picture is in the stadium uh, when our reaction after that play. We both were standing on the bench watching, trying to get the view in. And uh, I couldn't see the ball. Uh, couldn't see the ball. So all I was doing was watching the rest. And when I saw him get the signal, it was incomplete. It was one of the most exciting moments of my life. I can't, I can't imagine, you know, winning the AFC Championship, getting Pittsburgh back to the Super Bowl after, uh, you know, 1980. Was the last time you they got to the Super Bowl till till that year? So it's been it would have been 15 years, and doing it right there at Three River Stadium. What that had to be a great feeling. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. no problem. I mean, so many emotions it's like a blur. I, I don't really remember much after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, 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 and Coach Kyle over up the SC Championship. So I don't remember any of that. That was a blur. I don't even know if I was out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did get interviewed. I know you did get interviewed after the game because I've watched that. So you, you, I do remember seeing that. So getting to the Super Bowl, and you guys are playing the Cowboys, which is your favorite team growing up. You're playing against your old buddy yeah. Emmett Smith. What was it like coming out of the tunnel that day and getting out on that field? I mean, it had to be pretty electric out there. It was amazing. It was amazing. I, I, I don't know if you see the uh, highlights of, um, uh, they only call it, uh, it's just a partial part of me and myself and Cordell. We're standing there and, and everything is lighting up around us. Oh, yeah. And, uh, it's just, it was just an amazing feeling. We were talking amongst each other at that moment. It was just, it was just surreal. It was crazy. And uh, it's one of those things where uh, you grew up all your life wanting to play in the Super Bowl. Motor Wilson, of course, um, just getting there is incredible. Played nine years and, and only got there once. So let me tell you how hard it is to get there. Oh, yeah. And um, and I made the playoffs seven out of nine years that I played. So it just tells you how hard it is to get there. Yeah. And um, it was just an amazing feel. It was amazing that my parents and, and family and brothers and sister all were able to make it. 
And uh, so it was just a uh, incredible moment for me. And, uh, you know, it was both, it was both you know, it was a high moment and a low moment. You know, I, had, I was having a good game. And, yeah, you and were. a low moment at ACL. So it, it was one of those games. To come to ACL and then we lose the game. So it was, it was a rough, rough. Rough, rough uh, night. Yeah, uh, great experience. Yeah, you got you know you had a, you had your Cowboys on the ropes. I think that the second half was 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 a Pittsburgh half until the interceptions. And I, you know you can't control the interceptions, but you know I, I still look at it back and I was like, oh my gosh, what what in the world? And I know all Steeler fans will say, what in the world was Neil O'Donnell doing? But you know I'm sure there was a logical explanation for that. Uh, but the injury, and I can remember, you know, it's kind of in in today when you watch it on TV. If somebody gets hurt, especially a start wide receiver, it's talked about several times during the course of a game. And you know, I remember seeing you go out, and I was like, "Well, where is Ernie Mills going to?" And then it comes back a few minutes later that you are you are out with an injury, and then that was the last I heard of. And I was like, "What in the world happened to him?" But uh, yeah, you tear an ACL, so pretty much a uh, a, a tough night for you, like you said, but had to be a great accomplishment just getting to that Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, great, great accomplishment. I, I felt like I was having a pretty, pretty uh, good game. Uh, I, I tell people that, that the ball seemed like a beach ball. Yeah. And that just showed that it wasn't, the, the moment wasn't too big. I was seeing the ball very well. And, um, man, I just wanted to, to win and, and wanted to be. Part of the reasons that we won the game. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, it's turned out that way. Yeah, somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to lose. So. Yeah. All you can do is uh, go out there and give everything you got. So you next year you're still recovering from your ACL. You get nine games with Pittsburgh, and then you end up leaving, going to Carolina, which we talked about earlier, and end up finishing your career with the Cowboys, reunite with Chan Gailey. But in nine years. Uh, 196 receptions, 2,934 yards, 20 touchdowns. But the big part, like you said, you stepped it up in the postseason. You you had the the best games in the postseason, I, I believe. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with a few uh quick hit questions, and then uh we'll we'll wrap it up. Most memorable game in your pro career. One you could go, you wish you could go back and say, yeah, I I, I really dominated that game. Oh, really dominated? Oh, wow. Or one that you just uh, felt like that was your best That was your best game. I know we talked about the Bears game. Well, I, I mean, Bears game was one of the best games. But that, I was, obviously, uh, really, the Super Bowl was one of my best games. Right. And, um, I ended up having eight catches with, with 10 minutes left in the game. So it was definitely one of my best games. Um, but like I said, anything seemed so slow that day. Anything was like a slow motion. It's rare that that happens. I uh, had only felt like that one other time before. But um, that game, of course, uh, the, the catch was probably, I would say, would be my biggest catch in my career. Right. ASC Championship. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of hard to put it into this one game. Yes. But I led all my playoff games. I felt like, uh, you know, when, when folks were stepping up in the playoffs, I felt like I tried to do that, and I did it. So, toughest, toughest corner you went up against? Um, that, that's, I, that's always the tough one because he's the uh, most talented and, and, and 
uh, toughest to beat uh, running the route with Deion Sanders. I was getting ready to say, I thought she would say that. But the most physical was James Hasty. James Hasty from the Jets. Yeah, Jets and Keith. Yeah. Uh, and they had Dale Carter, and he was there alongside with Dale Carter. He was, he was really, he was playing really good. So he was so we could from corner play a little different technique than most other corners. So he was he was a good player. Okay. Place place you love. Yeah, yeah, I said, you know, again, I fight every day against one of the best. You know, he's a Hall of Fame. Ron Wilson. Ron Wilson. Yeah. 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 Just he's a pop. I mean, he was jacked. I can't ever just be stopped. <laughs> place most favorite place to play besides Three Rivers. Uh, two places. Um, Buffalo. Right. I love Wild South. Buffalo and the Chiefs. Okay, yeah, the Chiefs. That's a pretty loud place. Buffalo back then, they had a they had a pretty pretty uh, bad crowd there there too when uh, Kelly yeah, and them were there. That that, that gun was real. That place was loud. <laughs> so what what did you end up doing after you leave football? What you what did you end up doing then? Uh, after I left football, I, I, I started a small business for about three years. Um, and the second year into it, I started coaching. I coached um, uh, the Virginia Community College I was with for a year. Okay. And I coached Hopkins uh, for three years. Ironically, I was a different coordinator. I coached there for three years in high school. Um, then I moved back to Florida. I was just in Charlotte. Then I moved back to Florida and then coached at uh, Johnson C. Smith University for six years and then started in for two years. Okay. So, what... Uh, is that, uh, go ahead. Two. Oh, I thought you were saying... I thought you were going to say something. Yeah, no, no. That, that, that's been it. Now, then I moved back to my hometown and looked after my folks for... Okay, so that's what... That's four years, yeah. That's okay. what I'm currently doing now. All right. Well, look, I'm, I'm not going to take up any more of your time. This has been so awesome to be able to talk to you. I mean, any time I can talk to a Steeler, but, uh, you know, to, to get to talk to Ernie Mills, that's, that's just awesome. I appreciate your time and, and uh, taking time out of your schedule to, to, to talk to me tonight uh, and, and wish you nothing but the best and everything. I'm thankful for that. I really appreciate it, and uh, thanks for reaching out to me and, and, uh, and bringing back some old memories. Ain't it? Oh yeah, I <laughs> love it. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I, I could uh, talk Steeler football all night. Uh, but I had Donnie Shell, I had Donnie Shell last night, and uh, and you tonight. So this it's, been a, it's been a pretty good week. Donnie's the best. He needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Now you know, and that's something I you know. One of my biggest, and I actually we're going to do one of my shows this this week is going to be we're going to talk about because I don't know if you've heard about next year the 2020 class. We're talking about putting 20 guys in, and we're, wow. our thing is going to be, you know, who needs to be in that class and who's the biggest Hall of Fame snuff. Donnie Shell, when you look, and I did this on a couple of shows, when you look at Champ Bailey's numbers. And if you were, you go look on look Google it or whatever, compare those two guys' numbers, and then add in that Donnie Shell won four Super Bowls. And how is this guy? They're they're almost identical numbers. 
and he's got the four Super Bowls. It's still not in the Hall of Fame. I do not understand it. It's been, it, it, it kills me. Yeah, I, I never looked at the numbers. I just, for me, I look at Hall of Fame and who you remember. Right. And, uh, and it's a no brainer. I can't think of anybody who's ever watched football with all them guys. And, and, and I'm. I'm the same way. I'm the same way because I look at, you know, and, and maybe I'm a little biased because I'm, I'm a Steelers fan, but uh, Donnie Shell and I always looked at it like I because for years I was like, I thought he, you know, I honestly thought he was in the Hall of Fame. But then when, you know, you, I got to looking at it and see, you know, Champ Bailey going in, and nothing gets Champ Bailey. He definitely deserves to be there. But then I started yeah. comparing numbers, and I'm like, well, if they're going by numbers, then there's no way Donnie Shell should not be in here. You know, he he should have been here a long time ago. Yeah, I, I, I mean, they don't ever bring this guy up, but I don't know how they can not bring it up with any of our team in the 90s. Uh, and, and, and if, you, if you can, if he wasn't among one of the most intimidating players and some of my teammates played long, I just don't know who was. <laughs> All right, well, well, I really appreciate you taking time to do this, Mr. Mills. It's been a great honor, and uh, thank you so much. And I uh, hope, hope maybe I'll get to talk to you again after the season. We'll talk about some more Steelers football, how the year went. All right, I appreciate it, Pete. All right, that's Ernie Mills on a foul score, guys.